0: says I am I can do what it says I can do I can be who it says I can be and I will have what it says I can have today I will hear the word of God I boldly declare that my mind is alert my heart is receptive my ears are open And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Thank you that as we hear the word, faith will come for us to not only grow in our faith, but faith will come so that we can please you with our lives. And so I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to minister life to your people. And I thank you today, Father, that the Word will come. It will settle in on good hearts. And that, Father, it will reproduce in our lives 36 and 100 fold. And I declare today for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your Word because you always watch over it to perform it. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. every october i do a series that relates to spiritual leadership everybody say spiritual leadership and so i do this for two reasons number one because it gives me an opportunity to help people better understand the need and the purpose of a church of a pastor and of spiritual leadership a lot of people may have grown up in church, but there are lots of people that have not grown up in church. And so sometimes you have to teach and preach foundational message that will help people understand why we do what we do. And so the first reason why I do messages or series like this is to help people better understand church, church leadership, and what a pastor role plays in their life. And then the second reason is because our nation, every October, recognizes October as clergy month. And so i like to take this month to just talk about uh, spiritual leadership and what it means to be a pastor. And so if you're taking notes today, you should have some in hand. But I'm going to talk today about the purpose of a pastor. So look at your neighbor and say, you're going to learn something today. The purpose of a pastor. And here's what I'm going to do something different. The Lord really wanted me to do this. And so uh, I received a letter from a young lady named Latoya Minor Thompson. I'm going to give you context before I read it. But Latoya lost her husband this year. And uh, she sent me this letter. And uh, I want to read it to you because it relates to what I'm teaching this morning. So can you all just bear with me? So focus on what I'm saying here. It says, Pastor, I just had to do something for you and your staff to show how much I really appreciate everything you all have done for me at the lowest point in my life. I know it's been a few months, but now I'm in a place where I can relive that day without falling apart. I just wanted to tell you how much it meant to me to have my church family support me at a time when I wanted to close myself off to the world and then just wait for it to pass away. But the love I felt that day gave me the energy and the strength to get through the rest of the weekend and that finality stopping point. It was at that time I remembered my childhood pastor. He would always preach about having a pastor to walk the last mile of the way with you. I really never understood what he was talking about being young. I would always blow it off. And he would normally say this at the course of a funeral. I can remember at the last funeral he officiated for a family member, he said the same thing. I can remember thinking to myself, well, I'm sure I don't want to walk, I don't want him to walk me the last mile because she's talking about a funeral. And then she says, again, being young and dumb, this same pastor officiated my wedding and he said this during my wedding. I'm like, really? This is not a funeral pastor. I didn't say that to him. This pastor has gone on to be with the Lord, but he lived up to be uh, in his 90s. And now fast forward March 2022, I was sitting on the front row in disbelief of how my life had just shifted and thinking about how can I continue my life alone. Two things came to mind that gave me peace. Number one, I'm never alone. And number two, I had a pastor to walk that last mile of the way with me. It was at that time it clicked. I understood the need for a pastor, but really knowing what it meant to have a pastor in my life. It was never about having a pastor to just walk to the end of life with you, but having a pastor that loves and cares for his sheep no matter the situation. Do I wish I would have gotten this revelation any other way? Of course, but it all came full circle for me of why you need a pastor to walk the last mile of the way. So thank you, Pastor, for walking the last mile of the way with me and my family. And then she, she uh, put a seed in the envelope. And then you know what she did, which I thought was amazing? She had an envelope for every staff person, and she put a seed in there for them too. Amen. So I just want you to look at someone next to you and tell them you need a pastor. Now look at your other neighbor and say, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? So if you're taking notes, point number one is pastors have a purpose. Pastors have a purpose. Pastors are gifts given by Christ. Watch this, to help feed, lead, perfect, and protect. Everybody say feed lead, perfect, and protect. That's the purpose of a pastor. Now, the New Living Translation of Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read it. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, watch their purpose. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do whose work? to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So the whole purpose of a pastor or these fivefold gifts are to, listen, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do God's work. And here's the thing, I'm not against coaches, I'm not against mentors, I'm not against therapists, I'm not against anybody that's going to help you stay healthy to do what God's called you to do. But what I do know is that all of the different things that I just listed, none of them can do the work of a pastor. Amen. A therapist can't, can't replace a pastor. I know you're going to therapy and that's good, you should go to therapy, especially if you need to go to therapy. Amen. But a therapist cannot replace a pastor. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse verse 15 really, really helps us see the purpose of a pastor. It says, and I, this was God talking, he says, and I will give you, watch this, pastors according to whose heart? Wow. God said, I'm going to give you some pastors after my heart. And here's what they should do. They will feed you with what church? With knowledge and what else? And this is one of the reasons that I teach because I want to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And this is why most of the time, if you go back and look at any of the sermons that I teach, I typically use 40 or 50 verses from the Bible. Why? Because what I have to say is nothing compared to what God has to say. And if you notice... The New Age church is moving further and further away from the Word, and they're going further and further into their Word. Amen. And so I'm going to stick with the Word. That's why the name of our church is what? Word of Truth Family Church. Why? Because I'm going to teach you the Word. Because one of my responsibilities as your pastor and as a pastor is to feed people with knowledge and understanding. One of the responsibilities of a pastor is to feed God's people's spiritual purpose. Say spiritual purpose. Spiritual purpose. Uh, and we're going to look at Romans 8, 26. I'm going to show you something that you may not have seen before when it comes to now the purpose of a pastor. And this is why the world, their whole goal, and this is why the enemy's job is to do whatever he can do, to put negative seeds in your heart towards anybody that God's put in your life to feed you God's Word. Amen. That's why Jesus said, if you smite the shepherd, guess what's going to happen? The sheep are going to scatter because the whole purpose of the enemy is to push you away from a place and the person that God's going to use to feed you. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says this, And we know that how many things, church? All All things work together for what? good to them that love God and to those or them who read this with me who are called according to his purpose. Called according to his purpose. Now I'm going to point something out in just a minute that pastoring is not a job. It's a call. It's not something that you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to apply online and I'm going to apply to be a pastor. Well, somebody may hire you but the question is Are you called or did you make a call? Now, see the word purpose there, I want to point this out. The word purpose in that verse, it's the Greek word prothesis. And I'm going to show you this word prothesis because, watch this now, the purpose or the call of a pastor is to feed God's people. Well, in Matthew chapter 12, this word prothesis or purpose shows up uh, in Matthew 12 verse 1. It says, At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day. He went through the corn and his disciples were hungry and he began to pluck the ears of corn to eat. But when the disciples or when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. Verse 3, Jesus said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And they were, that they, they were with him, verse 4, watch this. This is where that word purpose or prothesis shows up. He says, how he, David and his men, they entered where, church? Where did they go? Come on, church, where did they go? They went into the house of God. And what did they do? They did eat the what? The showbread. Now, the word showbread is the same Greek word prothesis or the English word purpose. So David and his men went into the house of God and they ate some purpose. And see, that's what you should get when you come. Remember, one of the responsibilities of a pastor is to provide you with spiritual purpose. So listen, they went into the house of God and they ate some showbread or they ate some purpose. And if I was the enemy, I would do whatever I could to keep people out of God's house. And you know what's interesting is a lot of people who say that Christians judge and that's why they don't come to church. What's sad is they're judging Christians. That's why they're not coming. Amen. So everybody say a pastor has a purpose. Here's point number two if you're taking notes. God chooses and man confirms. I'm talking about a pastor now. God chooses and man confirms. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, uh, my degrees in business administration with an emphasis in marketing. I never thought I would be a pastor. So I didn't, like, govern my life like I was going to be a pastor. See, a lot of my friends, their daddy was a pastor, their granddaddy was a pastor, their grandmother was a pastor, even, you know, their cousin was a pastor. Everybody was a pastor. Well, in my family, I was a pastor. That's it. I don't have a reference point, right? I didn't know I was going to be a pastor. As a matter of fact, I didn't want to be a pastor. Because back in the day, all the pastors that I, that I saw did not have a life that encouraged me to want to be one. How many strive and desire to be broke? Let me see your hand. Anybody? Well, that was the average life of a pastor back in the day. I mean, the criteria was broke, want to stay broke, and you always want to be broke. You qualify as a pastor. So I was like, no, I don't want to. But anyway, I was like, okay, Lord, I want to use my my business passion to bring people to Jesus Christ. So in my mind, I was going to climb up the corporate ladder and I was going to witness to as many people as I could and get them saved on the way up the ladder, right? I mean, and I, and I, I proved to my word. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people that I got saved uh, in corporate America. I led one of my managers, uh, to speaking in tongues. Uh, one day I was in a, in a meeting and God gave me revelation on, on an issue and uh, I shouldn't have known the answer to this problem and I got in the car and told him the answer and he asked me, how did I know the answer? I said, well, I was speaking in tongues in the meeting and God told me the answer to the problem. And he was like, what is speaking in tongues? And so I explained it to him and long story short, I said, you want to know how to do it? He said, yeah. So I took him to my car And I led him into speaking in tongues. So my passion was business. And then, you know, uh, over time, my passion for business started going down and my passion for ministry started going up. And uh, I'll never forget, I went on a missions trip. The Lord wanted me to quit working in corporate America and go to Bible school. I'm like, I don't want to go to Bible school. I know how to read the Bible. But how many know God's way is better than your way? And so as I was praying one day, the Lord spoke to me clearly that He wanted me to preach. This is before Bible Bible school. He wanted me to preach. And I didn't want to preach. Because preaching is like leprosy. Once you got it, you got it. So for weeks I wrestled with this call that I got when I was praying. And so finally, I got tired because you can wrestle with God. I'm talking to somebody right now. He's wanting you to say yes. That's all. And I was wrestling. Finally, I was like, man. So I had the courage to tell my pastor at the time. And I told my pastor, God called me to preach. And this is what my pastor said to me, which relates to my point. He says, God already had told him that I was called to preach, but God told him not to tell me so I would know for myself. And so that's exactly what happened. And so God chooses. Everybody say God chooses. God chooses and man confirms. Listen, God is smart enough to not just call you, but he also will use other people to confirm what he's called you to do. In the New Living Translation of Psalm 78, that's where we're going. It said, then the Lord rose up as though he was waking from sleep, like a warrior aroused from a drunken stupor. Now I'm jumping down to verse 71. Because I wanted you to see the context was the Lord. He took David from tending the ewes and the lambs and he made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants. Who made him the, 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 uh, the shepherd? Who made him that? God did. And then it says, God's own people Israel, verse 72, he, David, cared for them with a true heart, watch this church, and led them with skillful hands. The Living Bible says, and he, he chose his servant David. Who chose him? God did. He chose David, taking him from feeding the sheep. And let me just point out here, every shepherd ought to come from sheep. You're not qualified to lead until you have been overqualified serving. Amen. Amen. Notice he came from the sheepfold. And it says, And God presented David to his people as their shepherd, and he cared for them with a true heart and skillful hands. Listen, church, this is not a criticism. This is the truth. Many people are gifted to preach, but not all are called to pastor. I'm going to say that again. Many people are gifted to preach. But not all are called to pastor. Because pastoring is a call. It's not a job. And here's the thing. You can be a preacher and not be a pastor. But you can't be a pastor and not be a preacher. And being a pastor is different. And you know what's interesting? Because I was not, quote unquote, like raised to be a pastor. And my style is different. You all already know that... The way I do what I do is kind of different, you know. I'm pretty sure you are when you invite somebody. Y'all kind of give them a disclaimer. He's different. <laughs> he, he, he's different. Well, I, I know I'm that way. But here's what's interesting. I know some pastors who can preach circles around me. I mean, and boy, you and you know, I'm not a hooper. I be trying, but I'm not one, right? Right, and they can hoop, and 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 then, but but then they ask themselves. They they say it to other pastors, but they don't say it to me. They say stuff like, "How's his church doing so good? I preach better than him." But they can't be me pastoring though. No. See, see. When you pastor people, that means you love them. You don't love them. Listen, you can't pastor who you need. This is why I can be brutally honest sometimes. Brutally honest. I know sometimes y'all be like, Ooh, I can't believe he said that. I can be brutally honest with everybody because I don't need you. You say, well, Pastor Evan, don't you need... My money, no, because this is God's church. If he cannot supply for his church, shame on him. I just have to make sure I manage correctly what he brings in, right? But at the end of the day, see, it's hard to correct somebody who you feel adds to your bottom line. Oh, I'm being real today, right? No, no, no. See, this is why I don't check nobody's giving I want to know because I'm going to check you like I check everybody else. You said, but this is why it's so easy for me to like, like be real because I'm not hoping that I don't offend nobody because, oh, they give all this money. I don't want to say nothing to them. No, I don't know. And I don't want to know. And I'm going to tell you what thus says the Lord. Okay, that was none of that was on my notes. But, no, but this is why some churches, they never grow because the pastor is so concerned about not offending nobody that he's not helping nobody. Say amen to that. Amen. The New Living Translation of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Now, these are the gifts. We read it earlier, but I'm going to point out something else. Now, these are the gifts... Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, the word pastor there is the word poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N. And this word is mentioned 18 times in the New Testament. But it's only mentioned one time as the English word pastor. All 17 other times, guess what that word pastor is translated as? Shepherd. What's the purpose of a shepherd? The purpose of a shepherd is to oversee and manage sheep. In Matthew chapter 9, I'm just going to read this to point out what I just said. It says, And Jesus went about in all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Here comes this word. It says in verse 36, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Watch this, because they fainted and they were scattered abroad, reading with me, as sheep having no shepherd. See the word shepherd there? It's the same word pastor there in, in Ephesians. So God sees the pastor as a shepherd. So if God sees the pastor as a shepherd, then that means he must see you as sheep. So look at your neighbor and say, you are sheep. Now look at your other neighbor and tell them, you smell like one too. Go on and tell them. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Sometimes I say that to wake y'all up. John chapter 10, verse 11. Watch this. Here's that word, Poman or the word pastor, translated again as shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. That word shepherd is the word pastor. So we could just say that. I'm the good pastor. The good pastor gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, one who is just doing it for money, is not the shepherd who's on the sheep or not. He sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep, and he flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling, the paid person, flees because he is a hireling and he does not care for the sheep. Verse 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd or the good pastor. I know my sheep and I'm known of mine as the father knows me. Even so, I know the father. And listen what he says. I lay down my life for the sheep. So let me just say this. Jesus, of course, he's the great shepherd. But he's called under shepherds or pastors like myself. And here's what's interesting. He said, hirelings don't protect the sheep. And so, a good pastor. Everybody say a good pastor. A good pastor will identify the wolves and drive them out. Amen. This is why y'all feel the love when people come and visit Word of Truth. They're like, "Oh, everybody seems so loving, so kind." How I many felt you know, when you first came? It's like, "Oh my God!" And then they want to know if it's real. So then I tell them visit at least three times because you know we have one rule here at Word of Truth. Just one. And this is what I tell visitors: we have one rule. They say, "Well, what is the rule?" I say, "Well, in baseball, three strikes and you what? And you out. But at Word of Truth, three visits and you, and you in. That's the only rule we got here. So they come in and they feel that you can feel the love and everything. And 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 one of the reasons is because I believe that generates from the top. Amen. Look. This is what I have been known for for years. I'm not tooting my horn because y'all can, quote, y'all can testify that I love people. Look, I did an intervention this week. I did. I did an intervention. Y'all know what an intervention is, right? And I just told the parents, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to show up and this is how we're going to handle this thing. And they was like, okay, pastor. I said, just trust me. And man, I tell you what, God showed up in that thing and it worked out better than they even thought it was going to work out. You know why? Because, see, you you can't treat this like a job. If you treat it like a job, then you just clock in and you clock out. But, see, you don't clock in and clock out of life. That's not how it works. And so, uh, one of the things that I have purpose to do as a pastor is to love people regardless of where they are. And this is why I tell people, doesn't matter where you are in your life, come to church. If you got high on the way here, come on in. No, because I used to be there. Before I was saved, I would get high on my way to church. I was Presbyterian. It was was kind of boring. So I got high to entertain myself. It was hilarious too because... You know, everybody they doing it, 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 it's it's everybody it's standard to them. But I'm 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 in my mind. I'm having fun because I'm like I'm high. <laughs> so church, as we grow, we're gonna get all kinds of people that come in. You have to remember where you came from. It took you years to stop cussing, years to stop cussing. And now you're trying to expect somebody to stop cussing in five weeks. It doesn't work like that. Amen. It took you years, and I mean years, to stop smoking weed. And now you're trying to get them to stop overnight. It don't work like that. Now, I do believe that God can deliver overnight. But if He doesn't, it's going to happen over time. Amen. It took you years to, to... to stop cheating on your wife. Years. It took you years. Oh, that was a bad example, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm just talking to those online. That's all. Nobody in here does that. I have had to learn to love people at whatever stage in life that they are. You don't have to tell a drunk person that they are drunk. They know that. You don't have to tell someone with an anger problem that they have an anger problem. They know. So the whole purpose with the pastor, which is point number two, is that God. Has, the point number one is that God has gifted them, uh, and they have a purpose. Number two, that God chooses them, and man confirms them. He did this with Jesus. He's going to do that with a pastor. He used John the Baptist to confirm the call of his own son. So when I find pastors who they're not, they're self-proclaimed pastors, no one else has really even seen that they're called to do that. And a lot of times, people don't stay under a pastor long enough to even let someone else discover the call. I just talked with a pastor this past week and he said something to me that I thought was amazing. He said, Pastor Edmund, I have lost six Pastors over the last year and a half. I was like six pastors. He said, he says, unfortunately, pastors come in. They start helping me. And they think that what they're doing is all about them. They don't know that the influence and the anointing that they're flowing under is because of me and my call. And so they leave and try to take people and all six of them who tried to start churches, it didn't work. Because, see, the deception is I did it in the church. I can do it with my own church. But, see, it might look easy, but it's not. Amen. And a lot of times what people do is that they prejudge even the pastor. I get judged every day. Amen. Especially on Sundays. A lot of y'all invite me to dinner every Sunday. You say, well, I ain't invited you. Well, you sure talked about me at dinner. <laughs> you had me for dinner. You had me for dinner. You had me for dinner. Can, can, I, can I let you in on a secret? And then I'm... Oh, man. oh I, 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 I'm looking at the clock now. Okay, so I know. I, 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 do you know that 67, let's round that up. 70% of pastors are bivocational. What that means is seven, 7 out of 10 pastors have to work 2 jobs. They can't do be a pastor full time because the church can't afford it. So 7 out of 10. So here's what I don't like. I don't like when the world judges most pastors saying all they do is do this. No, they can't, their church can't even afford to have them full time. So they want to put them in a category with, like, this is rare. So, like, only 5% of churches in America will be the size of Word of Truth. Only 5%. But we put all pastors in the same package and we judge them that way. And people do that. You know why? Because your heart gravitates toward what you believe. So if you don't believe good about something, it's because your heart's gravitated towards that. So let's finish with number three because I'm losing my crowd right now. Uh, every sheep needs a pastor or every sheep needs a shepherd. Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 23 says this, And I will set over them one shepherd. How many shepherds? I will set, I will set you know, I, I meet people all the time and they've been in, in, you know, Texas for, I don't know, 20 years. And I ask them where they go to church and they say, well, my home church is in Arkansas. And I said, well, when was the last time you have been t- 20 years ago? I said, okay. Tell your pastor. I said, hello, all right? Ezekiel 34, says, and I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them and be a shepherd to them. So here's what I want to end with. There are many people who watch this now. I'm your preacher but you haven't made me your pastor. What does that mean? I mean, you can go online and pick a preacher. You can go to YouTube pick a preacher. But my question is, who's pastoring you? Because a pastor is supposed to lead, feed, correct, and, and perfect you. So when times get hard, what pastor can you call? help work some things out in your life. And here's the question. Are you willing to listen to them? Because see, that's when I find if I'm really that person's preacher or if I'm their pastor. If I'm their pastor, they'll listen to me even when things are going tough. And there's some people in the room. uh, I've been your preacher for years, but the question is, are you going to allow me to pastor you? Meaning that Cause you got to sit somewhere long enough to be pastored. And some of us, we're jumping around like jelly beans. It's because if you stay somewhere long enough, somebody might find out who you are. But you know what? I would like the old Baptist preachers. I met a guy yesterday. He says, Pastor Evan, when I come to church and visit, you got to make me the deacon that Sunday. I said, well, I'll let you out. I'll, I'll put one chair up at the front. You know how they used to do that? They put a chair up here. I, I didn't go to that church. How many went to that church? They put a chair up here and then they, oh wow, that many? And and they say, Is there one? <laughs> so for those of you who haven't seen that, basically it's an altar call, and they put one chair up at the front hoping one person would come down. Well, is there one? <laughs> No, there's some people that need to just settle down. In fact, every head bow, every head bow. Just, what's, what's the application to today? Don't just pick a preacher, decide to be pastor. And as you go through things in life, you're going to reach a point where you're going to have to surrender to God's protocol. His protocol is for you to be pastored. My question is, is your heart open up enough for you to allow me to do that? Even if you're not physically here, I can still pastor you where you are. The question is, who's in your life that you can call your pastor? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, my question, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? you died today and you're not sure you go to heaven, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Evan, I, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. If I died, I know i go to heaven. My question to you is, do you need to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? And then there's some people in this room right here today, and there's some people watching me who need a church home. Today is a good day to join. You've done enough research. You've been here enough times. God's led you here.